3: listening to the pastor scott show podcast have any questions or comments email pastor scott now at pastor scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m and now
1: here's pastor scott welcome back everybody pastor scott show great to be with you today this is our two of our monday show the number is 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 and uh, obviously the Israel story is still the the number one story, I think, in the world, and we should be paying attention and learning. I think this is an opportunity for a couple of things for us to do, is to learn more about the Middle East, why there is this conflict, what it means for us as Christians in our faith, even for you if you're Jewish, and what does this mean? Maybe you haven't thought about it if uh, you uh, have not Really followed up on it, I think the other part of this story to me that is super interesting is we're finding out who's who, and what I mean by that is that it's one thing to uh, to support people who are suffering, and we're going to see a lot of people suffering both in Israel and in Gaza as uh, this war expands here and uh, escalates in the next few days. Um, and I think that is important, but there is something to be said for moral authority. And even in a world where everything, is, whenever there's war and things are happening, everything is wrong to a certain degree. But there is a reason for um, why some people are the bad guys and some people aren't. Why are the Allies the good guys in World War II and the Nazis the bad guys? You know, there are, there are plenty of atrocities that happened and terrible things that the Allies did in World War II in different ways. And, but why are the Nazis the bad guys? And the reason is, is because there is such a thing as a moral authority. There is such a thing, even in the midst of war and terrible things, to not excuse the fact that there is war and evil and terrible things and killing, but moral authority matters. Some things are just wrong, and some things need to be stated as such. And the who's who is who's saying that this is wrong and who's saying that it's not. Mayor Karen Bass in Los Angeles issued this statement uh, last week. I joined voices across the nation condemning this horrific attack on Israel. The Los Angeles region is the second largest Jewish population outside of Israel, and many families are anxiously awaiting developments as they unfold. My thoughts are with those families this morning, and Angelino stand with those under siege, mourning loss, and may their memories be a blessing. She made a statement there, but she, she said that this was a horrific attack on Israel, and she's probably had other things to say that was part of it, but this is the mayor of New York. If Los Angeles is the Second largest region with a Jewish population outside of Israel. What's the first? Well, it's New York City. This is the New York Mayor Eric Adams, part of his comments about it this weekend.
4: We are not all right when we see young girls pulled from their home and dragged through the streets. We are not all right when we see grandmothers being pulled away from their homes and children shot in front of their families. We are not all right when right here in the city of New York, you have those who celebrate at the same time when the devastation is taking place in our city. We are not all right when Hamas believes that they are fighting on behalf of something in their destructive, despicable action that carried out. We are not all right when we still have hostages who have not come home to their family. We are not all right.
1: And he went on that way and he wasn't pulling any punches. And so it's remarkable to hear what some people have to say. And then others who start to, you know, go down a path of trying to say one side is just as bad as the other. That's something that we have to avoid here without saying that one side is fully justified in every single thing they do. We're not called to do that, but, there is a statement that needs to be made that these kinds of terrorist attacks are evil and they are wrong under any circumstances for anyone to do. And it's important that we realize that there is a response that in this world of fallenness, that governments exist in a way, they are given the authority by God to bear the sword against you, Romans 13 has to say. And that doesn't mean that war is is okay, but it's part of the world we live in and you have to respond. How would we respond? How would any nation respond to this kind of thing happening? Somebody did the math and they said if this had happened to the United States from another country, if you just take populations and you do the ratio of, you know, 330 million Americans, how many would it be? It would be tens of thousands of women raped and babies murdered and those. How would we respond? I think we would respond quite harshly. And the the issue of moral authority is tough because you can have it for a while and then you can lose it. You know, the world had moral authority to go after Hitler. The world had moral authority to respond to Japan after Pearl Harbor and uh, other atrocities that had happened as they began that war in the Pacific. Um, we can't lose this. Otherwise, there is no sense of right and wrong. And that is a, that's a, a place where we're on the precipice, I think, as a culture in general of just losing the thought of right and wrong. And the reason is, the reason is I think that we can't go there is because you have to go there religiously. I started to say this in the last hour, and I want to make sure I get this out here, is that, you know, if you really want to understand this, you have to understand Islam and you have to understand Judaism and you have to understand Christianity at least. And the thing is, is that if you do that, and then you take a look at this fundamental islam version that hamas would hold to that they write about that they write about in their own charter it's not my interpretation it's theirs that their entire role is to murder jews and destroy israel do we have as a right as the world do we have the moral authority to say that view is wrong that the view that we should destroy any people group murder them rape the women destroy kill kids that is is the view that to do that for the sake of just hatred of those people Do we have the moral authority as the United States or as the world community to say to another group of people that your philosophy is wrong? See, the the problem that we have today is that there is pushback from our universities and from leftism in general around the world to say that we do not have the authority to say that what some other group is doing is wrong because that's the sin of colonialism, You keep hearing that along with these protests, that it's colonialism for us to say one side is right and one side is wrong. That is ridiculous. And yet we are in a battle where there is a struggle right now to say that something is wrong. We cannot do that. We have to be able to say that some things are wrong. That's why it's important to um, be moral, because when you are moral— you are going to have the authority to say this is wrong and this is right and actually have the authority to back it up in the minds of people. The reason that I think the world is pushing back on that or some people in the world, particularly what we're seeing in the universities and what is the, the undercurrent of these protests that are chanting things like, you know, from the river to the sea, which means kill all the Jews and destroy Israel and all of the stuff. The reason that we see in San Francisco death to Israel and then... The uh, attorney general writes, um, or the district attorney, she wrote a, a tweet saying that's disgusting. We can't have that in our in our in our city. And then people argued with her, and then she ret- uh, retracted it. That she feels like she can't point out the evil of writing death to Israel or death to anybody. That pressure that she is feeling, that pressure that we're going to see as people try to pull back is there because if you have moral authority to say something is wrong, you have to ask the question, where does that morality come from? And when it deals with religion, you have to make a determination where the world itself, in a world where we want to have freedom of religion, but in some cases we need to say that particular religious point of view is wrong and that's what has to be done when it comes to hamas or isis or similar groups at that point of view is morally repugnant and it is wrong but the problem with doing that is then you open the whole door to well maybe some religions are true and some religions are false and what we're being conditioned to see is the idea that all religions are ultimately the same which by the way means they're all false they can't be all the same they contradict each other it's impossible that they're all the same you, know, you get the the coexist bumper sticker people out there, and I know some of you have that on there in, what, in your car or something and what you mean is I just want people to get along. But what coexist is suggesting the coexist bumper sticker if you if you haven 't seen it or that sign it 's the word coexist, but each one of the letters is a symbol from world religions, okay, so the T is the cross that 's Christianity and the C is the um, the crescent uh, moon from Islam, and uh, the o is the star of David, and you have all the religions sort of in there. Um, the notion behind that is that hey, all religions are the same, so everybody should uh you know everybody should. Uh, just get along. The problem is, what if one of those religions is wants to murder the rest of them, and that is their religious tenet, or if part of that religion has that tenet? You have to be able to say it's wrong, but as soon as you do that, then you you undermine the whole idea that all religions are true. And as soon as you do, do that, then you open the door to maybe only one religion is true. And the thing is about that is everybody's religion, they think they're right, Right. That's a funny thing. I always think, is, you know, people sometimes don't like Christianity because we say that Jesus guess Jesus said he's the way, the truth and the life. He's the only way, you know, uh, Christians would say, well, the thing is, is if you find that offensive, I assure you that at the other religious organizations that are having their meetings on Sunday or Saturday or whenever they meet, they're not saying, uh, hey, we might be wrong. Those uh, Christians might be right. They're not saying that they're saying that they're right. Everybody's exclusive, ultimately, to their view. That's why it's their view. And the trouble is when you go down that road and you start to deal with what's wrong and what's right, you have to deal with spiritual questions. You have to deal with cosmic justice and who gets to determine that. And then the only way that works out is if there's a God, and if there is a God, then he's the one who has the authority to judge what is right or wrong. And as soon as you do that, then you got to figure out which God that is. And to figure that out, you got to look at history, and you got to look at what's been written down and what people have done. And uh, I'll just tell you very clearly, that's going to lead you to Jesus Christ, ultimately. Uh, it'll lead you right to your calendar. It's 2023, which measures What? The number of years since uh, Jesus. I realize it's off by a couple of years. Uh, and if you go back in time and you're studying history, it starts to count backwards before the birth of Jesus Christ. And why is that? Because everything ultimately, when you investigate it, points to Jesus. It does. And that is something the enemy doesn't want to see. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Gary in La Crescenta, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
5: Thank you very much, Scott. Hi, Gary. Um, Yeah, so um, I heard that woman call in about a Jew, unbelieving Jew. Yeah, so the Um, last hour
1: a woman called and said that her roommate is Jewish uh, Israeli, I think she said, and is really having a hard time, naturally, I think, because of what's going on. And she wanted to know, you know, how to comfort her, and the difficulty that her roommate was having is that she's asking the question, you know, how can God let this happen to uh, the Israeli people? Go ahead, Gary. I just wanted to so, uh, let people, re- uh, remind people what happened.
5: Yeah, so so I, I happen to be a Jew for Jesus, and I did get back from Israel in December uh then it was peaceful.
2: Yeah,
5: and it's outrageous what's going on. Um, but um, I, 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 I'm also in a position where I could, I could help that young woman who called in.
1: What would you? What advice would you give to her?
5: Um, I, I would, um, give her, um. Well, first of all, I would start with uh, free will, and why you can't have love without free will. Hmm. And, you know, that makes us free to do right and free to do wrong. Right. And and I have other pointers um, yeah. to God that I, that I believe I could help her with.
1: Well, you know, I think that a lot of us have uh, Jewish friends and people who are dealing with this, or even maybe you have Palestinian friends who might have uh, a different perspective one way or the other on this. You know we have to be a a a people as Christians who are ultimately the light, and we recognize that the goal for us as believers Christians is that people need to turn their hearts to jesus that that's actually the um that is actually the solution to the middle East crisis, and that sounds you know trite i guess coming from you know Christian you know Jesus is the answer, but he is, and the Word of God says ultimately Jesus does resolve it um so, you know, Gary, when you, how did you become a Christian, Gary? Have you always been a believer or, or not?
5: Uh, I became a believer in, when I was 57 years old, I'm now 70, uh, in a miraculous moment where I was at a Korean church, with my Korean wife, uh, it was kind of going along with it. And, um, Uh, The pastor said, how would you like to join our church? And I'm thinking of all the reasons why I wanted to say no. uh, But then I blinked my eyes and time stood still. It felt like 20 minutes, but they both told me it was a blink of an eye. All of my um, reasons where I thought there was no God ended up concluding there was a God. And he was a triune God. uh, And uh it was an amazing moment,
1: yeah, so you had this moment that's when you 're fifty seven uh, yeah, I'm you know maybe part of the encouragement that you can give uh, to anybody listening is that you never know uh when God is going to get a hold of your heart or how that 's going to happen, but that God is real and uh that He loves you and there is a savior and to point people towards Jesus, uh, Gary, I thank you for for calling, and I know that you're helpful to a lot of people. You know, the, the answer is is always to point people to investigate Jesus and who he was and the fact that he's Jewish, the fact that he came at a time when Israel was also uh, under siege and they were, you know, held captive by the Roman Empire not too long after being captive by the Greek Empire and before that the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire, and there is a history there that, that matters for this whole conversation ultimately but that when Jesus came the first time, he came to pay for the sins of the world. And that is really important, because when he comes for the second time, then he's going to come to be king. Uh, That's what Christians believe. That's what the Bible tells us. And when you read the scriptures, when you read how God has revealed himself to us this way, the story rings very, very true. I, I mentioned the thing about the calendar, because I think if we step back and take a look everything we know is telling us that the story of jesus is true that god has forced this onto our calendar starting with the fact that we have a week on our calendar you know sunday through saturday why is that why is a week 7 days have you ever thought about that you know the a month is rel- is relative to the moon Um, and cultures have dealt with that differently, but it all, it all is solar. Basically a day is solar. A year is solar. It's the earth going around the, uh, the sun and a day is solar. It's the rotation of the earth. And every measurement of time is solar, except a week, seven days doesn't actually fit, right? You don't have, you have 52 weeks a year, but not exactly. It's 52 and three days or something. Um, and 3 days and like one well, every 4 years you got an added day. It doesn't fit. Why is that there? I think it's because God has forced it in our calendar and in our rhythms so that we have to acknowledge who our creator is. In 6 days he created the world and 7th day he rested. I think that you can't you that's right there. And then our years we count them based upon the birth of around the world we do this. I mean the the uh, Jews have a, a yearly calendar, and the Chinese have a calendar that they 'll you know they 'll celebrate a different new year's culturally. but the way they do their business is by the calendar that says Jesus was born uh, two thousand years ago, and before that we 're going to count backwards whenever we dig stuff up and have to do history that 's remarkable, and those two things themselves don 't of course prove that Jesus is who he said he was, but when you start getting into the history in Israel, what's happening in Israel now, the hatred that exists between um, the different factions of these groups here and what the Bible has to say about it, the importance of Jerusalem, the importance of all of these things. I got to tell you what, if you, with an open mind, take a look at that and you push away, you know, whatever politics and whatever bad experiences you might have had with some Christian person you knew, you know, or Jewish person you knew, or, you know, Muslim person you knew, whatever it is, you just push all that out of the way and just investigate What's the story and what's actually occurring? It's very difficult. I don't see how you can deny, ultimately, that Jesus is the Savior, that He rose again from the grave. That's me coming to you as Pastor Scott of that, but I'm asking you to take a look at the news and ask yourself why does this even matter? Why does this happen? Why are we sending two aircraft carriers in for this? Why is the whole world making statements one way or the other? How does it fit with Scripture? It certainly does. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Dan in Orange County, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
6: Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, Israel has uh, absolute uh, moral authority uh, to attack Hamas and to— Defeat its enemies. It was horrible what happened the Saturday, uh, two Saturdays ago on October seventh, I think, with the massacres, yeah. the kibbutz and the, the the festival, the music festival. However, they also I think can lose that moral authority, and I think they had the moral authority for several days. But now we're seeing kind of quite a bit of collective uh, punishment and kind of a disproportionality of that war machine and that and whereas they had it before i think they're slowly losing it because of cutting off like food water electricity um and stuff like that leaving the people without food and that hamas is the enemy but i don't think that particularly the palestinian women that you see starting a caravan with babies um and we're not seeing too much of the but but there's been a lot of bombing of the buildings and you see babies being pulled out and children and all that I think that there's a certain point where you have to say they might be losing moral authority now, go after Hamas, but leave the children and uh, the kids alone. And I think they bombed the caravan to the south uh, two or three times. I saw Israel defense minister saying, well, they'll have to check into that. Sometimes there's a fog of war, but I'm not sure how that could be the fog of the war when, when it's a caravan leaving. But I'm a little, I'm a little shocked that um, all of the stuff, uh, you know, we should be praying for Israel, Praying for Israel. I'm seeing it on websites, but I think we also need to be praying for Palestinian children. You know, we have to be ch- for the, the innocents, the mothers, and stuff like that. I don't think it looks good if we keep saying um, pray for Israel at <clears> the expense <throat> of the innocent Palestinians.
1: Yeah. In Dan, and when you see the Palestinians, it's horrible. Yeah, I got to go to a break here in a minute, but uh, when we come back, I'll address that a little bit, I think, with the uh, particularly the portion, proportionality uh, argument. And, uh, I do think you're right that we have to pray for everybody involved that the, you know, there is death and there is suffering. And many of the people who are involved do not support Hamas or what happened. Um, and, uh, there's going to be a lot of back and forth as far as, you know, what's true and what isn't got to be careful because the internet is full of videos that aren't even this battle. There are people saying, oh, look what happened in Israel, or look what happened in Gaza, and it's from some other war that happened three years ago somewhere else, right? We, we have to be very careful in this era. But the moral authority question when it comes to war is hard because there's always going to be um, things that happen in every war that – uh, innocence, uh, unfortunately, is is destroyed in that. We have to pray about that. i got to take a break. Thanks for your call, Dan. We'll come back with your calls. I see your calls uh, up on the screen, and I'll talk about proportionality. There is a reporter in England who made a comment about that that's very strong, but I think it should help us with our thinking. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us at Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your social media, at Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us at kkla.com right now. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned.
3: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
2: Is that a reasonable, proportionate and moral response by Israel? There is some deep perversion in Britain whenever Israel is involved in a conflict, and it is the word you just used, proportion proportionate proportionality. Only Britain is really obsessed with this. I've heard it for the last few days incessantly. Proportionality in conflict rarely exists. But if we were to decide that we should have this fetish about proportionality, then that would mean that in retaliation for what Hamas did in Israel on Saturday, Israel should try to locate a music festival in Gaza, for instance, and good luck with that should try to find a music festival in Gaza and rape precisely the number of women that Hamas raped on Saturday. Kill precisely the number of young people that Hamas killed on Saturday. They should find a town of exactly the same size as a town like Sterot, where I've been many times myself, and make sure they go to door to door and kill precisely the correct number of babies that Hamas killed in Sterot on Saturday, and shoot in the head precisely the same number of old age pensioners as were shot in Sterot on Saturday, just to choose one town. Proportionality in conflict is a joke. And it's a very strange British concept which we've had, that only the Israelis in a conflict when they are attacked are expected to have precisely the proportionate response.
1: That was a British writer named Douglas Murray on a British television show this weekend talking about proportionality. And we hear that, we're going to hear that more and more often. And the the notion is that a attacked country should show some sort of restraint or only attack in proportion to however they were attacked. And there have been several articles written this weekend about that that would be worth reading, Washington Post and National Review and some other places, just about how difficult that is and what the laws are really with war. You know, he's giving those examples that said if you're going to be proportionate, really, then you have to do exactly what they did to you. And that doesn't make sense. You can't do that. And when you have an enemy that wants to take over the world or that wants to kill you, wipe you off the map, which is what Israel's enemy wants to do, how do you respond to anything proportionally? In World War II, how how do we respond proportionally to the Nazis? Do we only push them back? Do we keep Hitler alive because he didn't kill other world leaders? You know, what do you do? And the absurdity of it eventually happens when you have somebody who is determined to kill you Uh, What do you do? Well, certainly, I think there are places, and our our last caller talked about it, where Israel could go too far and lose moral authority, where, you know, if they just start indiscriminately murdering everybody and not letting anybody out, um, you know, at some point, people are going to make a determination. But when you have a group who wants to kill you and destroy you, there's really no making peace with that group. That is the hard part throughout history and war. You know, the reason that we are not fighting German Nazis today, we have, you know, various kinds of Nazis here and there, you know, in different parts of the world and our major college campuses here in the United States. You have, the reason we're not fighting German, you know, Nazi party officials today, the reason that Germany is the ally of the West and has been reunited as one country um, in the 90s, the reason is, is that... up to this day, if you were a German Nazi, we still hunt you down and try you for your crimes, that there is no escape. You're 100 years old if you're one of those guys. But we, if we find you, we still put you on trial. The reason we're not fighting those Nazis is because the world wiped them out. The Allies said that you don't get to be Nazis. You're, if you were a part of that, if you were putting on that uniform and doing those horrific things, uh, you're not getting amnesty for that ever. And in fact, Germany, you don't get to be a country anymore. We're going to split you in two, and we're going to divide up your capital in uh, three or four ways. And uh, we did that for 50 years. And that's why we're not fighting that type of Nazi today, because when you have evil, when you have moral authority over something that is definitely evil, you have to wipe it out. So the difficulty that is going to happen for Israel is how do you wipe out Hamas, which is their stated goal? I think that's probably the right goal. That philosophy has to go away. The hard part is that there are other people who have a similar philosophy elsewhere, right? So you're not going to wipe it out completely. You're not going to – there's Hamas in Jordan and there's Hamas in the West Bank and there's Hamas in Syria and there's, there's lots of Hamas. You, it's not going to work out the same as the Nazis. But there is something to be said for taking that um, authority – And using it appropriately, but also you can lose it. I think the United States lost a lot of moral authority after 9/11 when you know Iraq didn't have the uh, weapons of mass destruction that we said they did, or at least we didn't find it if they ever did. Uh, I think we lost it when we mistreated prisoners of war at Abu Ghraib. We lost some moral authority on that because the world said, "Hey, you're acting just like them." You know, there's, but in the meantime, we didn't lose moral authority by going to war. We killed a lot more of their people than they killed of our people. And a lot more innocent civilians were killed by the West than uh, were killed by uh, the terrorists. The, you know, the proportionality argument doesn't really work. And yet you have to find a way in this evil world to defeat evil. When it's out there, and that's something that um, the whole fact that we even have to deal with that is evil and sinful, right? It's just part of the fallenness of the world. It's why we long for Jesus to come back. It's why our hope is in Christ. The, The imagery in Scripture of when Christ comes back is that we'll beat our swords into plowshares, right? That the lion will lie down with the lamb. That we will lay down all the weapons of war. That that is something that is now in the past, that there is definite peace on earth. And that is our goal. And I think leading up to that, we should always work toward that. But it's very hard to work toward peace with somebody who is avowed uh, to kill you uh, when that is their goal. It's hard for Israel to negotiate with groups that in their charter, they say they don't want to negotiate. How do you negotiate with peace with a genocidal group that actually wants you to be dead? How do you sit down and say, we're going to give you this land if you promise not to kill us for another 10 years? uh it, it makes no sense and it's part of the whole uh corruption that uh, all of this is this is the pastor scott show 8885282557 i realize these are complicated issues um but they are uh upon us 8885282557 joseph in monrovia welcome to the pastor scott show
4: thank you for allowing me to come on i feel embarrassed to even talk about this a critical situation. I've been listening to your show over two and a
1: half years ever since you started. Well, thank you but, for calling, Joseph.
4: Yeah. The only way we really get a grasp on what's going on is look back at Abraham, Sarah,
1: Hagar, Israel, and
4: Isaac. Mm-hmm. But that's too far back for people to even get a hold
1: to. But that's and the Jesus core of the said, issue. That's what, that's what I was saying before, and you're right, is that the core of this issue begins right there.
4: Yeah, it does. But most people who Making comments don't even know that exists in scripture because right.
1: you don't read that's in Genesis
4: but when we start talking about equal proportion that's never been a solution that's right uh, I believe that Jesus is Lord and I love the Jewish people and I love Jesus because Jesus came through Jewish parents that was the reason God chose Mary and Joseph because they were peaceful and they were righteous so if we're not going to do what Jesus said I I support Israel I think Whoever they need to defend them or to uh, stand their tell defense should be, if it's America, it's us. I'm not saying we should kill, but if our presence can prevent something larger from happening, but going and killing the same number of people, how is that going to solve the problem? So everybody that's making comments not looking for solutions. Some people are looking for ways to be vindictive. And uh, sometimes I feel that way. Uh, Thank God I'm not probably the one who will die on the cross for anybody. But Jesus said if you're not willing to follow him, you can't be his disciple. So we have a lot of preachers in the pulpit who will not do what Jesus said, and Christians too, and I'm not being critical of the church. But if we're not going to do what Jesus said do, how can we follow him and resolve issues? He forgave the world of his sins. Can we do that? I doubt it.
1: I think, uh, Joseph, thank you for calling and for adding all of that. And, you know, we are called to make disciples. The way that you bring about peace in this world is when people – when you love your enemy, right, when you are able to win them over. Um, That's the ultimate solution to all of this. Um, And that's where war just gets to be completely difficult when somebody can't be won over or they just refuse Uh, And it becomes ridiculous. He's right, by the way. This goes back to what I started the hour with. Let me read something to you. This is, you know, Israel is God's chosen people. You know why he got to choose them? Because he has the moral authority to choose them. Because he's God. Okay, moral authority is authority that is based on whatever is fundamentally truth. They're independent of anything other than what is actually true. And it necessitates the existence of actual truth. Who declares what's actually true? Who declares what authority is right or wrong? It's whoever has moral authority. And it becomes a really big deal. That's why atheism doesn't really work very well in a practical sense. It's because if there's no God or higher power to fill the role of who determines moral authority, then what gives one person over another person or one country or one religion the right to have authority over another? Well, nobody has that. There is no right and wrong, only power and oppression uh that's it the survival of the fittest you can do whatever you want morally if that's the case but if there is a god then there is a moral authority that cannot be challenged i'll share more about that when we come back and you know i think it's something important that we understand uh, uh our last caller is absolutely right that we have to understand the background of a lot of this if we really want to grasp what's going on and you got to understand your bible it's not confusing if you've read your bible uh, what's happening here. Pastor Scott Show, you can follow us on social media right now at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just look for me at Pastor Scott Show and you can watch right now on KKLA.com. We'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned.
3: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Scott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from
1: 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott's show. Number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about uh, moral authority. I think you'll be hearing that term a whole lot in the next uh, few days as uh, whatever's going to happen in Israel. will have a lot of people question, you know, what ought to happen or what can happen, who's doing right and wrong and those kinds of things and why. So we'll talk about that here in a couple more minutes. I want to go to the phones here. Charlie in Westminster, welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
7: Uh, hi, thank you. Hi, Charlie. Uh, historically, uh, there are a lot of Christians over the centuries and now who are not dispensationalists. I read my Bible, they read their Bibles, and we have a different look at uh, the 21st chapter of Matthew.
1: You know, explain to our listeners uh, what you mean by dispensationalists and what uh, I think a lot of people wouldn't know that.
7: Uh, your audience...
1: There's a uh, well, lot of people in our audience who
7: uh, you uh, know, a different look at the second coming.
1: Uh, a different look at it's a different you know, look at you know, at, you know, at God's plan you know, for uh, for time and the church and Israel. A lot of different views on that.
7: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, historically, there's a lot of us who who, who look at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 21 and what uh, uh, St. Paul has to say about. Uh, uh... the israel of god in a different way and if you want to go uh, to uh, to the question of moral authority i can go there too you know if if uh... uh... uh, israel had done this stuff over the past sixteen years that they've done to uh... uh... palestine to, to the people of gaza had done that to americans who are used to clean water and the ability to travel and to get a job and to and to walk around and and not get imprisoned uh they would have had a bad reaction a, a lot earlier
1: you're suggesting that Israel does not have moral authority to respond to uh, what happened based on uh you know, the last 15 years Hamas has been in charge of Gaza why didn't Hamas do, deal with all of that from a governmental standpoint
7: well they they've they've been less in charge of Gaza then you
1: claim oh well that's your and, opinion on that I, I think they're in charge. I well, think that well, their, their, their their charter says they don 't really want to deal with all of that, which is the you know very complicated part of this because why would you you know be want to have a governmental authority? but they took all of the resources that they had to help people with clean water and all of that and used it for weapons but that, that's, just, that's a fact i don
7: 't like Hamas. Yeah. When I visited the Holy Land in 2007 with the uh, International Orthodox Christian Charities, I'm glad we didn't go to to Gaza. I didn't want to ha- I didn't want to run into Hamas.
1: and sure, it's a mess.
7: I didn't want to die in an Israeli airstrike.
1: Right.
7: Uh, they've been pounded over and over, and uh, you know, uh, like you you start at a different time and period than than, than I do, obviously. You know, uh, in uh, uh, 1946, 1947, things were different. The the and uh, there were a lot of Muslims and a good number of Christians and a a, a good number of Jews in Palestine. And uh, the um, uh, I'm not seeing the uh, the uh, the Jews. excuse me, the, the Christians and the Muslims made a smart choice not to go with the partition, but uh, it didn't seem fair to them. Uh, I'm not saying I, I would uh, do what uh, 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 the um, Palestinians have done since then, but... Uh, but, but you got to you, know, you got
1: to deal with Charlie. I want to get back to the other issue. I appreciate your call, and uh, you know I think maybe later in the week we'll talk about some more what you're talking about with that partition and what happened there. You know, at the time, Israel and uh, Palestinians, Arabs were offered a state, and the Israel said yes, and the other side said no. And over time, there's wars and there's a whole lot of history there. I don't think, I don't know that the Christians were looking for a state. Israel was looking for a state because they were being persecuted for a long time, obviously, after World War II. They had nowhere else to go except their homeland. And the only homeland that Jews have is Israel. That's it. Uh, it's a longer subject than that. You know, I want to deal with, uh, just so we have an idea of the moral authority and kind of what this is. Um, it is, it is something that God has in in this way. Like, why does God have this? It gets into even why did you have the Israelites, you know, Abraham starts and he's got Israel, then because of exile and famine, he leaves, he goes to Egypt, the Israelites become uh, enslaved, and then God brings up Moses and they go back to the promised land. All right where is the moral authority for the wars and the things that happen there and it's the simplest way i can put it is this is that god is the author of life he's above life as we know it he's the judge and the supreme authority he can destroy it or bless it at his choosing a lot of people are frustrated with that but that's because we often put god in our our own box like if i were to say that about me or if any leader of some nation were to say that about themselves we would think that's terrible and it's because they don't have moral authority we would be right i in in example that makes sense to me is you know my kids james and john they've got toys that they play with and you know john let's imagine john's 11 james is 14 imagine that john decides to build a lego city in his his room and uh it's his city. You know, when I had Legos as a kid, I used to build cities and I used to have all kinds of calamities happen to my city that I built because uh, it was fun. You'd drop the uh, helicopter on things and there was all kinds of things you could do. But if James, the older brother, were to come in and destroy John's city, James would be in trouble. John would get in no trouble for that. James would get in trouble. Household justice would be required. And I would come in and say, you need to say you're sorry because you didn't have the moral authority to mess with his toys uh, and what he was doing. Uh, and I get to say that because who has moral authority in the house? The parents have moral authority in the house, see? Uh Now, parents lose that moral authority if they abuse their children, you know, and then if that happens, wh- who has moral authority over them? Well, the government does. See, and God set it up that way. There is moral authority that is set up, and it is in our system. And God in, is setting up human government based on his laws and moral authority, and God Uh, has told us that sin destroys, and when we sin, we destroy his creation altogether. And justice demands that he deal with that. And in his moral authority, he has. And he also has moral authority because he keeps his promises to stay true to nature and is just and fair. We don't trust our institutions very well today. Uh, Why not? Government, schools, even churches sometimes, you know, why is that? Because they don't keep their promises. Uh, God does, and he maintains moral authority because of that. Um, When we hear all this, it is a complicated subject because you can have it and then you can lose it. But moral authority, there is a difference ultimately between a nation going to war and a person murdering another person. That is accepted by everybody everywhere. And it doesn't mean it's not that one thing is good and the other is bad. It just means that there is a reason for the decisions and who are the good guys and the bad guys. It matters. When the bad guys, you know, when the good guys lose moral authority, it's because they they do evil outside of whatever their authority is. And that's, I think, what's going to be looked at here. At, at what point, you know, with Israel, the world is against Israel just sort of generally anyway. It's surprising to me how the world actually has embraced israel for the moment even just for a week or so but i think that just speaks to the the evil of the attack which we were able to watch too i think social media the fact that people actually videoed it on their phones um i think that uh that has forced the media and people making comment to have to deal with what they saw and you can't sanitize it and it makes it really hard to both sides it and those kinds of things all right, just a minute here left. 888-528-2557. Oscar in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
8: Hi, is this Pastor Scott.
1: Hi, Oscar. How are you doing?
8: Hey, doing great, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was going to say something. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, on the 7th of October when this happened, I mean, I love Israel. I mean, uh, I always help them with money. And, like, right after that, on the next day, I send them money, too. But you know what? There is uh, something... Um, uh, I saw on TV and uh, recording that when they show on uh, when that happened over there at the uh, Negev Desert over there in uh, Israel.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: Well, you know, I mean, Shabbat is Shabbat, right? Shabbat, is, I know. I know what Shabbat stands for. I mean, you don't have to do a single thing, not even hold a remote on your hand. Right. The, the or microwave. You, pre- you prepare your meal and everything. Right. So right. Uh, I would just wonder what those guys were doing over there. But uh, guess what? I, I, have a, I have something that I uh, I spoke to the gentleman that uh, got my call and last time I called you because I wanted to send you a video on you. You will see what those guys were doing over there. And when you will see it, you will, you will feel like, I mean, it's just like yeah. this. Oscar, I mean, I'm, I'm
1: about Oscar. out of time, but I'll give you my email address. Okay. The email address oh, okay. is Pastor yes, Scott, yes, yes. Pastor Scott yes. at KKLA.com.
8: Oh, okay. Just a quick thing. I mean, just like they told Israel, I mean, Israel just doesn't learn from its mistakes. I mean, I love Israel, and I'm for Israel, and I have problems, but it's just that Israel just doesn't learn from its mistakes. Well, support, I mean, support
1: of Israel doesn't really mean is, you yeah? have to support everything that they do. i got, I got to let you go because we're out of time, yeah. Oscar. I okay, appreciate okay, that. Pastor, okay. Pastor Scott at kkla.com is the email address. All right, everybody, complicated things, and uh, we need a lot of prayer. By the way, if you go to kkla.com, there is a, uh, a a prayer plan for Israel. You can go to kkla.com and check that out right now. You can also follow me on social media, Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can get the podcast by looking for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless you. Have a good night